millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Conversations on Dance is proud to have Yumiko as a continued partner in 2021. Yumiko is a company inspired by beauty and standards. As a leader in the dancewear industry, they take great pride in their impact as a socially and environmentally conscious brand. And today we have big news. In honor of springtime's arrival, Yumiko is offering a special in-store discount to our New York City listeners. Show that you are subscribed to Conversations on Dance at checkout and receive a 10% discount on your in-store purchase. For store hours, visit yumiko.com and be sure to follow along on Instagram at Yumiko to participate in their weekly giveaways and to stay updated on all things 2021. Before we get started today, we are pleased to announce that we will be returning to the Vail Dance Festival this year. From July 30th through August 9th, we will be conducting nine live events with festival artists, recording bonus interviews, and teaching masterclasses. If you are planning on being in Vail for the festival, tickets for our live events go on sale June 16th, 2021 at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. Tickets will be available at veildance.org. If you aren't able to make the trip to Vail this year, be sure to watch our feed throughout August as we bring you closer to the festival artists you love. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. This week, we are joined by New York City Ballet principal dancer Ashley Bowder. It has been over four years since we last had Ashley on the pod, so we have a lot to catch up on. We talk about what this last year has been like for her, about her college courses and teaching career, her advocacy efforts, including her association with Dancers Amplified, and what she will be performing at this year's Lake Tahoe Dance Festival. The Lake Tahoe Dance Festival returns to in-person performances this July 27th through 30th. See Ashley and other world-renowned dancers, including friend of the pod, Christopher Charles McDaniel of Dance Theater of Harlem, on stage in one of the most beautiful places on earth. Tickets and more information available at Lake Tahoe Dance Collective.org. That's Lake Tahoe Dance Collective.org. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us again. It, it's been a while since we've had you on, actually. It's been over four years. So there is a lot to catch up on. <laughs> but I think we can just start at the most obvious and 
pressing um, situation of the past year. Um, obviously, COVID must have impacted you deeply as an artist. Um, how did you manage to um, stay in shape sort of physically and artistically and emotionally during this past year? Well, to be honest, I didn't stay in shape the whole time. <laughs> um, I mean, that would have been an impossible task. I imagine. Yeah, I, you know, I started the whole thing um, with kind of like two outlooks. I was very pessimistic about returning quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I was one of the people that was like, mm, I think we're in this for a long time. Like, I'm not going to get upset when p- things keep getting pushed back. Um, I'm going to try to keep a level head with that. But then I was also really at the same time gung ho about staying in shape. You know, I did the zoom class every day in my living room. Mm -hmm. I did some Instagram lives with friends of giving class. Um, I mean, at the very beginning when we were still kind of able to be in certain spaces, like I hosted open classes for a week or two and was was really like, okay, when all that shut down, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm home. Um, we luckily had moved in November into this apartment. Oh, wow. um, and I had wanted a duplex for a really long time mm-hmm. and demanded it. <laughs> <laughs> we searched and searched and we got it. Um, and we t- actually turned our upstairs living room into a dance studio. I got like those four pieces of Marley from Harlequin. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, if you had to go to the bathroom or you wanted something to eat, you had to walk through my dance studio. (laughs) Um, That's all right. (laughs) It's fine. You know, just sweep it up. And and I did that for a really long time. I, you know, I did that for months and months and months. You know, we had taken my daughter out of her school um, kind of early on um, because I had that pessimistic attitude. I was like, I'm just, we're just out. We're out. I'm not dancing. Like, I'm home. and so, like, we, we were dealing with her and um, just generally being on top of each other. And in June, I hit a wall. Mm-hmm. I, like, slammed into a brick wall, had a huge meltdown, um, like, just crying, like, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to take class. Like, why am I taking class? What's, you know, mm-hmm. what, look, what, is, what am I doing? Like, I was teaching a lot on Zoom, too. I started teaching a lot more for Manhattan Youth Ballet, um, eventually joining their, their full-time faculty in the fall because I had taught so much. And when they pivoted, they called me, and so I was teaching several classes during the week. I taught all summer for them. But in June, I hit a wall, and I was like, I got to get out. Mm-hmm. We have to get out of this apartment. I have been cooking every single day, and, you know, all we did was, like, go to the park and, like, not see anyone. Right. Um, and so I – I went to my parents' house for a week. We packed it up, the three of us, and um, went down to my friends in Raleigh. Everybody was really COVID safe and had been quarantined. So we literally like got in the, our car here, drove to Pennsylvania, didn't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And then we did the same thing. We drove from my parents' house in Carlisle and, and right down to Raleigh. Um, and then we came back. We quarantined for a couple of weeks, and we went to Nantucket for the rest of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where my husband grew up. Um, his parents still live on island year round. So w- what better place to go? There's right. ha- over half the island is like preserved land where people aren't allowed to <laughs> inhabit. So you mm-hmm. can just walk on the moors and we took runs and we did all of that. Um, and I actually started my own online um, kind of dance classes, mm-hmm. uh, my own little like side business to to just make money during, you know, the yeah. pandemic and right. support us, um, you know, lost my job. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, 
Yeah. So I started that. I'm still actually going with that. I have this really dedicated group of adults that we do um, every other Friday. We do a ballet bowder bar, like B-A-R parenthesis R-E. Adorable. So we do like a one hour adult ballet bar and then we talk and I've got, you know, people in there like um, who've become my good friends. Like I'm actually meeting one of them in person this um, weekend in St. Louis. She's a, a a doctor at St. Jude's in Memphis, wow. She's driving up one of my one of my students and really good friends now is a criminal prosecutor in New York. One works as a terror analyst. Wow! <laughs> so we've got the one is like a, a housewife whose um, kid goes to the school Violet's going to go to. Oh my gosh! Um, so you know we've we've made this like kind of strong group of people from around the country and. Um, it's been kind of a support system this right. this whole year too, a constant that like can go to and they're not, you know they're ballet people but they're not mm-hmm. right. Are th- are you going to continue doing that? Is there space for more people if people are interested? Yeah, there's definitely space. Um, you know, I I kind of post on Instagram every once in a while, and I've got a huge email list now because I had. I was doing class almost every day in the summer and I had, you know, kids taking, I had different, I did different levels from like beginner, intermediate to really advanced. Um, And it's, it's always open. I think I will probably continue the adult ones because they're just really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's so great that the adult thing, you know, that's just, I mean, I, I can imagine that that might've fallen to the wayside. I mean, we obviously naturally you're very concerned about like, how can children receive dance education that is going to still feed them in the same way that in-person classes would have been. But I hadn't thought about like the simple pleasure that so many adults get out of just taking recreational classes, but that's so great that you were able to provide that. I, I think that, and also, you know, you know, working at the ballet school, obviously it was all about the kids and Mm -hmm. what are we doing for them? And, and, you know, I create a lot of personal relationships with my students and asking, are you okay? And you know, talking about everything from like, we need to get you a piece of Marley to like, are you having body issues because you seem down mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that with um, these kids. And that's been really fruitful. But I think we forget on the adult side is that all of us who train to be ballet dancers obviously are not going to make it. The, mm-hmm. right. the numbers don't work out. Right. <laughs> right. There aren't enough jobs. Um, and everybody has a different talent level. But, you know, a lot of former dancers go into working for artistic organizations, but there's also the people who are our patrons. There are audience members, there are donors in small ways and big ways. There are the volunteers that work at the theater. Um, and that all went away for them too. Right, so, right. you know, a lot of those people are former dancers and a lot of the people who took my classes are like, oh my gosh, I haven't taken in like, two decades, but you know, I can't come see you dance. So I'm going to come take your class. Um, and I think that that has been helpful to get people through too. And even now that like, you could totally like, uh, like open classes are like sort of coming back and everything, or you can like go to the gym now. Right. Um, I still have this dedicated group that like is taking in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you know what I, what I think about that though is while everyone starts to feel more comfortable going back, like for me, I'm still loving taking classes online because I it 
there's no commute. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. I just like, I get an hour in, I'm at home and then I'm done. Like, and so I think that those sorts of things are here to stay. And also like for you, you're connecting with people across the country in a way you couldn't just do in any studio. Yeah. My, I still like to do the workouts online. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's great. Because I have, you know, now, you know, we, we bought all the stuff, right? We, I bought the weight. Then I bought yeah, the extra right. TheraBand because I broke mine. And <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I bought the Bozu ball and I, you know, I bought right. all the stuff yeah. and it's just sitting in my apartment. And so like, why do I have to like go into the theater and book the time at that gym? Yeah. I can just do it at home and click the like on the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's right. so great. So one thing um, during the pandemic that has been discussed a lot is how it affected mothers, especially mothers of young children, which of course you are. Um, you were in a unique situation, of course, where your work was gone, but here you are trying to find all these different avenues to connect with dancers, make money. What kind of unique challenges and also maybe benefits were there for you to have Violet at home with you? Um, well, one is that I would never have gotten to spend this time with her, mm-hmm. right? You know, I would have been dancing. I would have perfor- been performing almost every night. I wouldn't have gotten the bedtime stories in or the bath time or, you know, the, oh, my gosh, stop singing moments <laughs> all day long, literally right. all day long, <laughs> the same song all day long um, with different words. She makes up the words. Sure, sure. Um, but. I wouldn't have gotten that time, but I also think it made me more personable. You know, she's popping up in the back of my classes. She's like trying to do the combinations with me. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows her now. Yeah. You know, it's like how's Violet, and has gotten to watch her grow up like I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, it has been a challenge. There, we're lucky that the preschool she got into. Um, lucky and unlucky in one one way and another way that it was half private half universal pre-k and we do mm-hmm. the universal pre-k the the free public um school but because it was half private they do different rules for openings and closings so when the whole city shuts down yes okay they shut down mm-hmm. but she didn't have to do blended learning she didn't have to do like two days in three days out right like almost all of the public school um students and um so she was like nine to three. If school was open, she was Keeps there. going. Nice. And the only problem is, is that um, we rely heavily on public transportation. Obviously, mm. we're New Yorkers. And um, the school she got into was one mile away from our apartment, which in another city or town might not be that bad. Right. But that's 20 blocks. Yeah. Right. And she was four. <laughs> so at first we started walking and I was losing hours of my day. Sure. You know, I couldn't teach at those times. I couldn't get my exercise. You know, I couldn't do me things. I was losing like two hours a day. And then she has her little scooter. So we decided, oh, okay, like we're just going to get a little, like an adult razor scooter. And so we got that and um, I put my hip out. <gasps> Oh no! Because because you're in like the tiniest little plie, but then your hips are just like that, like teensy bit off, and my whole right hip just like went and froze. And I went to Marika, and she was like, "No, no, you can't. You cannot get back on that. No more. So (laughs) ballerina problems. Yeah, very much. So I like literally could. I was like walking like I had a peg leg. Oh, and um, so. My husband did a lot of research 
because he's really good at that. And he got me a a Segway electric scooter. Okay. And it, I thought it was very expensive. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. But then realizing that I'm not buying Metro cards and we both have been buying the, you know, unlimited, which are well over $100 a month. I was like, all right, this thing's going to pay for itself. Like we could have bought three by now probably. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So I pop Violet on the front of it and we zoom off down the bike path. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> So that's my new ride. Past- <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Um, so in the past few months, things have started to come back a little bit more. You can take class in person um, with your fellow company members. And of course, recently the uh, gala, there was a virtual gala in which you were able to perform Duo Concertant as filmed by Sofia Coppola. That's such an intimate, you know, I mean, it's a masterwork, but it's like the, the intimacy of that piece. Um, it must have felt really special to come back with that. Like what, what was the, yeah, what what was the, um, the setup for that and, and the filming like? Well, so like I had gotten a call from John Stafford, um, uh, months before that. And it, you know, it was nice. He was like, get in shape, um, <laughs> just in case, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, whew, yes, going to ramp that up. Um, but had asked, um, if I, if I would be willing to do that. And that that's what they thought they were doing. They were trying to, you know, figure out the music rights because they couldn't have the orchestra play. So what could be recorded music and what could be live music? And of course, duo was chamber. So that was easy with the two musicians. Um, and um, he, he said, oh, I think you're going to do it with Russell. And I was like, OK. And I, I didn't it wasn't for sure. So I didn't text Russell and I didn't like ask him. And then I never got a call saying like, yes, this is what you're doing. I think that he was just like, hold the dates. And I was like, okay. And it was kind of like a, if you don't hear from us, it's happening. So I didn't know when it would be finalized. And then I just got a text from Russell that was OMG duo. (laughs) And I was like, oh, great. Yay. It's like, it's happening. Happening. Um, And so, you know, that was, I was really a bit daunted because I was like, oh, that's a light blue leotard. Um, (laughs) Like, okay, what does my waistline look like? And, um, and that, that was fine, but it was, so I I was just excited to dance with Russell because he's just so lovely Mm -hmm. and, um, and to not have to, to perform on the stage. I felt a little bit, I feel half and half about it. Like, I feel like I'm either going to step on the stage and just feel like I'm having an out of body experience or I'm going to step on stage. I'm going to be like, meh. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, there's right. no in between, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Right. Like, I feel, you know, because I, I go between these ranges where I feel like really devastated about all of this stuff that's happened. And then I just feel like, well, you know, I'm, I'm also a pragmatist at heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, this has happened. Mm-hmm. I pivoted. I lost a year. I can't get it back. No sense in being like, you know, all little about it. Sure. And right. Obviously, that's not true. I've already said I had a meltdown, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens to everyone. But, but I got, but I bounced between those like two things, and um, I was happy that I wouldn't have to deal with that yet. Um, kind of like a nice way to inch back into it. It was, and right. we filmed it backstage, so it was like I, I walked across the stage, but the whole crew was on the stage when we were filming. So mm. you know, I could stand and I could look out at the theater with the lights down and. Mm-hmm. experience that, but I didn't have to do anything in that space. 
Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And also like the first time dancing with Russell, you know, we do the whole beginning and we're going up and down and we're, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. doing right. everything in, in counterpoint. And then there's the one moment where he offers his hand and I grab it and we scoot backwards mm-hmm. and we just stopped and he goes, I haven't held anybody's hand in like a year. Wow. And I was like, like me either, like not in that sense, not like, you right. know, somebody who wasn't my husband or my daughter right. who right. they are obligated to hold my hand. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, <laughs> actually, my daughter and I literally hold hands walking down the street like the whole time. Oh. And then she goes, mom, your hand is all sweaty. <laughs> I was like, exactly. maybe it's your hand. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we hadn't done that. And it was just after the first rehearsal, we just were like, we're dancing. Like yeah. we're mm-hmm. actually dancing and being able to take off the mask and smile. We had a little trepidation about like, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but like I've been making all sorts of weird faces under my mask. Oh, and talking to myself. Yeah. and oh. Talking to myself completely, even while walking down the street. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it, and I was just like, you know, just to breathe, I'm going like, like, you know, like yeah. weird things. Um, and I thought, am I going to do that? Right. Or am I going to like remember how to smile and right. be yeah. a human being? Um, turns out you remember very quickly. <laughs> Good. Thank goodness. <laughs> but we both, we had that conversation where we were like, you're going to tell me if I'm making a weird face, right? And like, yes, and I'll tell you. <laughs> Be there for each other. So funny. Like, you're sneering at me. Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your activism and that work that you've been doing. Tell us a little bit about uh, the organization Dancers Amplified. Yeah. So it's um, this organization is really amazing. Um and I think it's, I think it's, um, there has been work in this vein, like New York City Ballet has a diversity committee. And I think other companies have been doing this sort of work, but it's all sort of independent. Right. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of black dancers organizations that are coming up too, um, which are, which is awesome. And there's a lot more people talking about it. This one is all dancer led. Um, it's created by dancers. All dancers are doing everything that raising money, like sitting on the budget committee, you know, or, so cool. and, and former dancers too, like everybody has their different skill sets. Right. Um, but it's basically about coming up with, um, well, first of all, amplifying voices that need to be amplified, right? Like that's the, the name is, mm-hmm. is, um, not even not giving voice to them because they have voices, but amplifying their voices already. Mm-hmm. And, um, that are already out there and um, specifically black voices because it started in response to Black Lives Matter and and the big uproar and the big um, kind of outpouring of emotion from the dance from the d- dancers of the dance community in like, what can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like that was very enticing to come on, on board with this. Um, it's been something that I've been working on for a really long time in my own you know, project on the side in the relationships I have with younger colleagues and mentorships that I've been able to establish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's at the core of like what I want to change about the dance world and am actively trying to change. Um, I used to, I was talking to my husband because um, he he he's in finance and um, all that stuff like fintech and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he likes to be a change agent. Right. And he goes, I think that you should you need to really think about how you rebrand yourself in your mind. He's like, you are what you really want to be as a change agent for the Mm -hmm. 
for the dance world. You want to yeah. put out voices of color. You want to promote women. You want to do all of these things. And he's like, that's, that's basically what you're doing. You need to wrap your brain around like that. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Like, that's exactly what I want to do is change it. Um, but for Dancers Amplified, it's just, um, it's coming up with like an agreed upon set of best practices mm-hmm. for the dance community, for directors, for dancers to treat each other, for anybody in the dance world on how we need to move forward um, with this discussion of of inclusion, of diversity, of equity, um, of access, because that's mm-hmm. the big one that a lot of us leave out. Um, right. Yep is like providing resources for people, um, providing platforms, you know, so there's like a podcast, there's um, a newsletter, uh, people can write things, people can do things, people can give us videos and we'll put, you know, put them up and amplify them in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like I personally um, met um, through Dancers Amplify, somebody who's doing the work like I am, um, a a former dancer and uh, choreographer, Jabril Jackson. And in my way, I hired him to make a solo for me um, for the Lake Tahoe Dance Festival. So, you know, like um, that's me trying to to actively live like what I'm working on and like preaching. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Walking the walk and talking the talk. Yeah. Mm Yeah, I think that's uh, that when you bring up access, I think that's such a, an important point. And you're totally right that that is what gets kind of glossed over or had been for a very long time, like where people would just pretend and be like, oh, well, when, you know, the, the black Suzanne Farrell comes along, of course, she's going to be a principal. And of course, we'll do that. But where was the access to begin with to get that that dancer there? Where was the proper education? Where were the scholarships for those people who right. need it? Um and you know it goes like it it goes it goes all the way back to the beginning in education and um and to even just informing certain communities that like you you could do this like finding that talent there mm-hmm. in places that like may not know about it you know it's like going into those public schools and and teaching i did that in um in pennsylvania when um in association with a music festival there, I had the opportunity to be director of dance for a year before I lost the funding. Um, they lost the funding. They didn't give it to me. But um, <laughs> it got to go into um, like high schools in the Poconos, mm-hmm. um, into very rural, like we're a lumberjack community <laughs> and be like, let's dance. Right. <laughs> and I actually, there was like a, a, a kid whose dad was a lumberjack and that's what he was going to be. And he could like do things. And I was like, I think you should take ballet lessons. <laughs> like it was really like you know you find like these things and um and I think you know it's it's all about that and it's about access to to more than a box check. You know, I mm-hmm. I talk about this with the women choreographer situation that ballet companies often are like we need to hire a woman choreographer and they check the box, they they hire her one time and they don't hire her again. Right. Now, where is it the continued access for that one person? Because, you know, a lot of times and I I can cite many, many examples where I've seen male choreographers, um, especially white male choreographers, come out with mediocre work um, that not great, but they get hired again and again by the same companies. Right. And they put out three mediocre works and the woman put out one, maybe it was mediocre. Maybe it was good. Who cares? She still doesn't get hired. Right. Right. So 
that to me is like there's a whole but all different types of access, but uh, women and people of color seem to get like one mm-hmm. access right. point. And then like, you know, they're like, oh, we'll we'll give you this scholarship to this ballet school, but like you're on your own. They don't you don't get any other services. You don't get like the council check in. You don't get right. the, you know, um, the, the the mentorship that maybe you need more because you're the only one that looks like you. Right. Um, you know, there's a, lots of different ways you can go about it, but it seems like, you know, we still live in a very much sink or swim app. Atmosphere, and so the pressure for people. Of, and I've had this conversation with a lot of younger dancers of color, and um, that say, you know, I feel a lot more pressure because like everybody's looking at me. And it's like you can look at it two ways. Yeah, it's a lot more pressure, so you you got to be great mm-hmm. because we notice when you're not because you're the only one that looks like you. And unfortunately, that's just what happens. Right. Or you can look at it as you can be spectacular, and we will always see it when it's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. We'll also always see it when it's bad because that's how people are working right now. Yeah. But, um, you know, it needs to not be that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the Lake Tahoe Dance uh, Festival. You brought that up. This is kind of a continuation of your work. When we spoke with Kristen Hanna, the artistic director, she said that your personal and artistic values really mesh well with the festival. And so it's so great to hear that this is kind of part of your continued work. Tell us a little bit about the solo that audiences will get to see. Have you choreographed it yet? What's the process looking like? Yeah. um, So Jabril and I have been... um, we got together for um, several weeks, and he also he had this idea already, um, and it took me a, a little bit in the beginning to get it because um, he has a lot of hand motions that um, are kind of in contrast to the legs, mm-hmm. and so my body was like, "Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't know what I'm doing. What's going on?" It's like that pat your head, rub your stomach, yeah, yeah, um, version of a full body experience. Um, so it took me like a week to be like, oh my gosh, I need to do the first step again. Yeah. And I need to do it for an hour. (laughs) Um, and once we got that, we kind of flew through the solo. We finished it. Um, we've taken a bit of a break. He was out of town and, um, I was finishing my school work. I had finals and I was taking four classes. And so feeling slightly overwhelmed, Mm um, and yeah, we've done that. It's been really, really great. We film every um, every rehearsal, uh, one for my brain, but two for just uh, recording it and maybe maybe doing something with that later, just to um, to document mm-hmm. and to talk about it. You know, the process and all of that. We're going to get together soon again. Um, I need to get it back in my body, but I'm hoping muscle memory kicks yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's been really great, and you know he's he's a PhD student at Columbia. He's super smart. Wow! And I really um, I really like that because I I'm very much into um, like philosophy and 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 talking about things. I um, that that's how my brain works. I'm analyzing, um, and so it's been very interesting. We often just like stop in the middle of rehearsal and have complete conversations about race in the world or the dance world or like, oh my gosh, like, did you read this? And, yeah. you know, we, we break down into that and we're like, all right, let's just go from the top and we're going to go from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a really great experience because I think um, we've, we've become really good friends and we understand each other. 
Mm-hmm. So it makes the process a lot more enjoyable. Right. That's great. Right. How long have you been um, involved with Lake Tahoe? Uh, have you performed before? Yeah. Um, I performed when Violet was two, so three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I, you know, document everything now. <laughs> she, she comes with me for most things. Um, the first time I did a solo by Lauren Lovett um, that had been part of Ashley Bowder Project Um we had performances at the Joyce right before that. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to bring this solo. It's by a woman. It's like great. Mm-hmm. The music was um, composed by a woman. Um, it ticked all my boxes um, for what I, what I want to do when I perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was really great. I love being in Tahoe because, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> like when you look at a picture of somebody on that stage, it's a tiny stage, but there's the trees and the lake in the background and you're just outside and it's beautiful. Um, I actually, so one of the performances, my husband and my daughter came and they were in the back of the audience. Mm -hmm. And I saw at the beginning and, you know, they were there and I was doing my thing. And all of a sudden I see her like really close to the stage walking. And I look up and my husband's all the way in the back still. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to kill him. She's going to come up on the stage. Like she's going to come up on the stage. What is he thinking? And he's just smiling at me and I'm like, what are you doing? He was entranced by you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He knew what was happening. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. And she came and there's little stairs in the front on the side. And she just came and walked up and she sat on the stairs Oh, and just watch the rest of it. And there was one point where I'm in like a tandu quasi back with my arm up right in that corner. And I looked down and she waved at me. <laughs> so sweet. Oh, my God. Like, I love hey, mom. That. I was like, it just silently like ESP'd to her. Stay Do there. not. Yes. Stay. Stay. <laughs> um, and she did. And it was it, it was five. But then. You know, I went to my husband. I was like, don't you ever do that again. You scared the crap out of me. Because I have is at the end, too, of that piece that I was like, this is really good. She wasn't going to go up there. And I said, oh, yes, she was. <laughs> um, I don't think she'll do that again. Mm-hmm. Or I hope not. I don't know. We'll see. She's five. She's pretty brave. <laughs> <laughs> is she going again with you this year? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Well, everyone will have to look out for her and look out for your solo. I know that audiences will love it. It's going to be a really great festival. For sure. So just before we wrap up, um, tell us a few of the other things in addition to the festival that you have coming up and maybe what's going on with Ashley Bowder Project. Um, Well, I took a little hiatus from Ashley Bowder Project this year um, to actually do the Ashley Bowder Project, work on myself. Yeah. Um, I... (laughs) I doubled down on school. I did four courses in the fall, four mm-hmm. courses in the spring. Um, very proud to say I'm making the dean's list next year. Nice. That's such an um, amazing accomplishment. Got myself some straight A's. Um, yeah. Through a lot of stressed out evenings and um, <laughs> a, a, a few yelling fits at the computer. Um, <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Well, I major in organizational leadership which is that's okay. And then, um, politics. And sometimes I get very frustrated with (laughs) the concepts. Um, I, um, I'm taking two courses actually this summer. So that's on my agenda. I just started them this week. I have statistics, which is another yelling fit at the computer, (laughs) Excel, Um, but I'm going to be the queen of Excel by the end of this. That's right. That's my goal. Um, and, uh, taking a business communications course and then, um, 
well, I have, uh, I'm teaching at uh, COCA in St. Louis for um, Antonio and Pervin Duthit Boyd, who used to be in Ailey. They run a really amazing dance and community center out there. Um, so uh, I've been trying to teach for them for a while. So I'm going, Violet's going. She, there's awesome summer camps. One is called Jinkies, where she gets to pretend she's in Scooby-Doo. Oh, my gosh. I might skip class to go, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's amazing. Um, and then I'm... I'm teaching for Manhattan Youth Ballet when I'm here in the city, but I have a few weeks in Italy that I'm going and actually dancing in the Festival de Nervi in Genoa and then the Ravenna Festival. Wow. Wonderful. And so I get to I get to put on a white leotard for that one because I agreed to do Apollo. Um, <laughs> so. But that'll be so fun. Oh, so It'll finally be, things look to look forward to. It's all coming to, back. Right? Yeah. It's all coming back and then Lake Tahoe in person, which is great. Yeah. Um, and then August, we start back New York City Ballet rehearsals. Um, we're starting back way earlier than normal so that we can ramp up um, yeah. to being able to do a full day. Good. But as we know, taking one class a day is not the same. It sure okay. isn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's basically my summer. And it seems besides the like August, I usually go to Nantucket for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and, and chill out. Um. But besides that, like it's kind of normal, right? Yay! Finally, COVID tests in there for fun, right? Sure, <laughs> right, right. absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us. It was great to catch back up with you. We'll be watching what you're up to this summer, and we hope that you will enjoy your time at Lake Tahoe Dance Festival. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much, thank Ashley. You. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.